0: This is the Warm Springs Program on KWSO. I'm Liz Smith. YouthLine is a free teen-to-teen crisis support and helpline. It's been around for many years and gives young people who need to talk to someone options to do that with a youth volunteer by call, text, chat, or email. Rosanna Jackson works with the Warm Springs Prevention Program and Suicide Prevention. She has been working with staff from Youth Line over the past few years to create a Native Youth Line here in Warm Springs.
1: The Native Youth Line is more for Native youth, of course, so it would be a peer to peer support also. So like if they called in and they would rather speak to somebody who was able to relate to their issues or whatever they have going on, they would be able to talk to another youth.
0: Mel Butterfield is the assistant director for Youthline in Central Oregon and the Native Youthline pilot program.
1: I think the Part that's
2: so exciting about the work that we're doing is, so just like Rosanna said, youth line is a peer-to-peer crisis help and support line. Youth from all over the nation can reach out already. They can reach out, call, text, chat, and email, and get a hold of somebody their own age. And we've been networking and working on this project for over two years. We had a stall during the pandemic. Obviously, everybody did. And so it's been, we're like almost on the three-year mark. But the I think the coolest part about this is that We've built an office and a call center that is going to be exclusively for native youth volunteers and indigenous youth. A lot of this all came from continued discussions that Youthline and and the prevention team with Warm Springs were that there's nothing exclusive that's peer led and peer driven um, for native and indigenous youth. So there's a need for it. Um, And I think there's this really cool, remarkable thing where we get to say we're starting this project from ground zero and with the potential and the dream of we want to be able to replicate it we want to be able to go to some other nations across the U.S. and have conversations about do you think that your youth would be interested in volunteering and having this opportunity do you think even beyond that that they would reach out and they would use this resource probably both is yes and being able to collaborate for not only offering the resource making sure that youth know that they can reach out for some help and support but giving them the opportunities to have real working skills that they can take into jobs, into colleges, to finish graduating high school, things like that. So it's not just the work that they're doing and helping and supporting their peers and their communities, but it's real world uh, skills that they can take out there too, which is pretty exciting.
0: Teenagers often deal with issues like bullying, substance abuse, or depression. A teen today might worry about whether or not they'll be safe in their school. Living through the COVID-19 pandemic was difficult for just about everyone and many kids saw their lives drastically and rapidly changed. Any of these issues can impact mental health. A lot of times, teens are more comfortable talking to a peer rather than an adult.
2: The peer-to-peer aspect absolutely is super important. We hear from teens and youth all the time that say mental health is super important and it has to be on the on like this front and center conversation with all the adults that are in charge because lots of times adults will make these policies and different types of legislature and all of those things are happening without having teens at the table. And then you go and have conversations with teens and they're like, why would you build a thing that you never asked us about? And we would never use it. So being able to have them be a part of the conversation from go, that's constantly the feedback that they want to be able to talk to somebody that understands what it feels like to be in high school in 2022. Mm We can kind of guess, but we have no idea what that feels like for them. We have no idea what this this pandemic and going from school to remote to back to social anxiety to not having parents that can, like, understand what's happening and answer all the questions and concerns that they have, that they can reach out and have conversations with people their own age. And then that kind of feeds into... Why do we feel like it's important that we have a separate line, one that's exclusively for, for Native youth? Um, because that's a need, and we're trying to fill that gap.
1: We've had local youth call into the suicide hotline, mm-hmm. which was just general uh, the general number. So this is another reason why we are creating the Native Youth Line is so that the youth can connect with someone who can relate to them, living on the reservation or dealing with some of the issues that they're dealing with and not just someone who's dealing with general issues of bullying in school. It could be targeted towards maybe something that they're had to do with their culture.
0: Our guests, Rosanna Jackson and Mel Butterfield, have helped to create the Native Youth Line Pilot Project in Warm Springs. The Warm Springs Pilot Project is the first of its kind, and they're currently recruiting local youth who have an interest in volunteering.
1: First we're going to find them. We have to find the one, youth that are serious about the project. So, we were talking about targeting the summer youth workers, but then we also talked about the seriousness of some of the issues that the youth are going to talk about and talking about confidentiality and that kind of stuff. And the question that always comes up is how do we know that confidentiality is going to be kept? And how that happens is that the youth are not going to know who they're talking to, but if they recognize the voice of somebody they're talking to, then they have to give it to someone else that doesn't know them.
2: So it's kind of twofold. We're protecting the youth that are working on the lines, and right. we're also the protecting the youth that are reaching out. Yeah. Until we expand the project, um, it will probably feel super close-knit because we have um, a lot of our outreach that happens is – pretty exclusive to this area. And then that will expand across different tribal nations that are in the state of Oregon to hopefully Washington to California, because those will be an easier spread. And then, like, as I said, the the next step would be in expanding to a different area. And then we can very easily switch contacts to, hey, we need you to take this because this is a local family and community. And we want to be able to honor both sides of confidentiality that our volunteers deserve that. And so do the people who are reaching out. So there are some shared things that are kind of our our original program with Youthline, youth can already reach out to that. And then what Rosanna was talking about is that our outreach is twofold. It's We're always looking for new youth that are passionate about mental health and they want to just kind of give back and to help other people. Maybe they've gone through their own stuff and they're like, yeah, that sucked when I was in middle school and I kind of got through it and this is what I did and I want to give back and I want to do some of those things. I tell youth all the time if you're the kid that all of your friends tell you all of their stuff anyway, you're doing the work already. Come in and let us train you so that you can know what to say in those situations and put the, like put those skills to work on the lines. Also, it helps provide for those youth that have all those people telling them all the things. It teaches them really healthy boundaries of how can I still support this person and not have it totally encompass my life, too which is really, really important. So we're teaching all of these skills at the same time so that they can they can kind of give back in that in that skill set. So we're always looking for, I, that's what Rosanna was talking about, we're in the midst of now that we have our space and we're building that out and it's wonderful. We're ready for volunteers to, to reach out to us and vice versa. You'll see us tabling at a whole bunch of events in the community. We've been doing that for over a year. Um, if they ever see any of our youth line banners or our posters or when we go into schools um, and teach classes about stress And suicide awareness and prevention, and what that might look like, and how to have healthy habits in taking care of themselves, that if they see us in any of those events, please come up to us and ask us questions about it, learn what it looks like to be a volunteer, and we can have questions you know kind of questions and answers and times for what that looks like for them. Our volunteers have to be 15 to 19 years old. Um, I can take 14 and a half. You have to be within six months of your 15th birthday, and the only reason why that's a thing is because our insurance doesn't cover them until they're 15. So I have lots of younger ones who are like, oh, I really want to do some stuff, and I can take you when you're younger, um, but you only be able to do outreach stuff which is actually really fun going and tabling um, and going into schools and talking to to some other youth your own age and just reminding them that they're not alone and feeling the things that they feel and that they don't have to carry that by themselves mental health continues to have stigma across the age span Across all cultures, across any gender identity, any of those things that we need to, as a society and populations, recognize that it's just as important as your physical health and to work every single day to break down barriers and what that looks like and destigmatize the idea of asking for help and being honest around how you're feeling. And I think that that has some natural barriers in it that we do have to work every single day and changing. Uh, so every time I get the opportunity, um, and I hear somebody say, especially young people, that they're feeling a certain way and in spaces that might not feel safe to them. I'm so thankful that they are be, are able to be honest and to be brave enough to say the thing. Um, cause there's a lot of adults that don't do that either. So I continue to try to say, I'm so thankful that they show up, Um, and that they can share what's happening. And that's how we break down these walls of people being able to feel like it's okay to feel the way that they feel because they're not alone. They're not unique feelings. They can feel super isolating and scary and like no one else feels this way. And I promise they are not. That you, If you're feeling that, you are not the only person that has ever felt that way. And it makes sense that people feel like they are alone because we still have that stigma. So making sure that we have these conversations as much and as often as possible, I think, is super, super important. That's kind of where Youthline and Native Youthline has – we're trying to do. We're trying to fill the gap to create a space where youth can feel safe enough to have that initial conversation talking about how unwell they feel. And then the hope is that if you can get comfortable in that space – Who else in your life do you feel like you can practice that with too? Is it a parent? Is it a coach? Is it an elder? Is it somebody else in your community where you can just say the exact same thing you just said to me? Because now they've got practice, right? So that's really a lot of it is just try it out, see what it feels like, get the awkward out and the scary and all of those things, and then do it again. And if you've done it again, hopefully you can do it again after that. So we're ch- we're going to change that stigma and those barriers through these youth practicing and starting now.
1: We want them to feel comfortable with being able to call in and talking. So we want them to feel comfortable and not worry about who's going to know about what I just said or how can I be able to talk to someone that I can trust. So the purpose of this project is to able to create that for them and to let them feel comfortable but the other thing is letting them know that this line is not just for youth that are in need it could be somebody that hears all the stuff and doesn't know what to do so it could be for getting help for the person they're helping if they don't want to call in themselves Mm -hmm.
0: seeking help does not always have to look like going to a counselor or talking to an adult both of those can be very uncomfortable for a teen The advantage of reaching out to Youthline is that they will get to talk to someone who has first-hand experience about what it's like to be a teen in 2022. Native Youthline is also seeking teens with an interest in volunteering with their program
2: we're recruiting for youth and if you're the kid that is interested in this either as a profession or you just already do it um, and it seems really interesting come and find us and ask some questions and we can talk about what volunteering might look like so you can get on OregonYouthline.org is our website they can even text into the hotline and be like hey I'm really curious about volunteering and our volunteers will send you links to different things but you can get on our website um, and then on our website you can there's a, um, an interested in giving back tab you click on that and you can learn about orientation you can fill out an application you can ask questions directly there and then one of us will reach out so it will be either i or rosanna or chanel and we can have conversations with youth then and hopefully answer any of the questions that they have before they potentially volunteer and then kind of prepare them for that next step which would be going through training um, and some of their like practicing listening shifts while they're learning the skills and then they get on the lines and they they help us answer those contacts to support other people This is groundbreaking work. It's never been done before. There are some different resources that are that are focused towards um, Indigenous youth and Native youth being able to reach out. There's Auntie and Uncle, I think, is through Thrive. There's um, CTL has a native a native code that you can text in. Those ones are great programs, and they're just you identifying that you belong to a Native community. It's not being answered by either a peer. This is the first time this has ever happened, and it's not guaranteeing that you're, you're being talked to by somebody that is um, also identifying as Native. So I think there's some really, really cool opportunities for this to be not only from a volunteering aspect, but from just a, a support network that's never been done before.
0: Youthline can empower young people. Reaching out when you're struggling with mental health can be hard to do. The advantage of teen-to-teen support is that it's an option that youth often feel more comfortable with. The ability to connect through call, text, chat, and messaging only adds to that comfort level. The work is also beneficial to the well-being of the volunteers who gain skills in managing their own mental health while helping others.
2: We think automatically, and usually it's adults, we think at first, we're like, we don't know if we can have these conversations with our kids because it sounds traumatic. And I don't know how to have that conversation in a safe way. And people ask us about like, well, what happens in the call center? And they think that it's this very quiet kind of like downtrodden work environment. It's actually super fun. We're having conversations all of the time. So there's a cool team environment. Um, And I think that a part of that too is that we can talk about really hard topics without having to take it all in. Like our kids are already having those conversations and I would much rather have that conversation with them than them Googling it, finding a YouTube video and that potentially being a really bad message that's not healthy, that's not best practice. Like Please come and ask me and I will talk to you about whatever. And then maybe we look together. Maybe there's some different resources that I don't know about or show me what you found Um, and we can see what that looks like because I would, I do not want to put out in the world that we want our 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds Googling for answers because even as adults, we've done that and we have found some not awesome stuff. So making sure that we're having them do that in a really healthy way and getting comfortable with asking the question if they don't have the answer and mental health for some reason is that there's that bracket of, I don't think I can ask that question. And we're trying to change that. We don't want you thinking that they have to carry all the things that they're feeling by themselves. Just reach out. One of our taglines is "No problem is too big or too small." I think youth are taught at a really young age that you don't reach out to 911, you don't reach out to these kinds of services unless it is an absolute crisis and emergency. And I think we're trying to shift that mindset too, of it doesn't have to be what you think is crisis. Because I have I have teens that say that every single day on the lines that they're like, I don't I don't know if I can use this. It's not that big of a deal, but to them it's huge. So creating some space for that I think is absolutely necessary. And, again, they don't just stop using those skills that they learn in that conversation there. They use it with their friends. They use it with their parents and their siblings. And then maybe if they do have a crisis later, they'll be able to employ those skills before it gets too too bad or to, or to the point where they're thinking about um, some really high acuity, maybe some bad decision-making and what that might look like.
1: It's not every single day. So they won't be carrying the burden of worrying about if they've done something right or if they've done enough or that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, you know, everybody goes to work and everybody does their best.
2: So volunteers, once you go through your training and all those things, the ask and the commitment is that you work one shift a week for a minimum of three and a half hours, but usually it's a little bit less just in these areas and one outreach event a month. And that's only if we schedule them. Um, so like June, we have 20 events that we're doing across central Oregon. So there's a ton, like they can pick and choose, but maybe there's a couple months in the winter where we don't have a ton of things happening Then they're not required to like find an outreach event. So we ask for one shift a week on the lines. And if it's a slow shift, I have lots of kids that bring in their homework and they do study groups together. They do their homework and they can sit down and have a meal while they're doing that. And they, they can eat and do those things. And then they can obviously get on the lines when that, if, if we get busy, but do an outreach event, come into table with us and tell other youth how important this program is and then we do ask for a year-long commitment which seems like forever but we're also super flexible with youth that have jobs that play sports that um, go out of town with their families or, or have events that are super important to them that it's not a like nope once you commit you have to do it we're really flexible in making sure that this is an addition to your life not the things that stop what you're already doing
0: Youth who want to get more information or who are ready to become a Native youth volunteer can go online to OregonYouthLine.org. Click on Volunteer under the Get Involved tab and sign up for an orientation. Thank you for listening to the Warm Springs program on 91.9 FM, KWSO.